Today's guest on the podcast is James Newberry, or Newberry, as he says. He is a CrossFit Games athlete. I know I'm a bit on of a CrossFit junkie at the moment, but you guys are going to love this episode with him. He is so much fun, um, incredibly inspirational. He has an adorable accent, and he was super sweet to my daughter. Um, after we got off the podcast, like he went to her Instagram and like sent her a message and followed her. So super sweet guy in that regard. But it's really fun to talk about the training and the nutrition and all the stuff that he's got going on. In this episode, we talk about The Method, which is a nutrition program. So this podcast is actually sponsored by The Method. And the first thing you're probably wondering is, what is The Method? So The Method is an online company providing personalized one-on-one nutrition coaching. And it's James's girlfriend runs this company. So it's very cool. But they handpick the right coach to work with you based on your goals and your training regimen. Um, The Method coaches work with clients around nutritional intake and timing, body composition changes, goal setting, and non-nutrition related subjects like sleep and hydration. So if you mention this podcast, when you contact them, you can get your first two weeks for free. So it's an Australian website. The website is themethodnow.com.au. And I'll put that up in the show notes. And we'll talk about it a little more in the podcast. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with James Newberry. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is James Newberry. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am in a big CrossFit extravaganza. Like I am loving CrossFit so much, so I'm talking to all sorts of CrossFit people. <laughs> cool. That's so good. Yes. And, you, and have you been out to the games before? Yes. So I wanted to talk to you all about that. So my nine-year-old... Totally daughter um she we went to a memorial day um event at our gym and they played the redeemed and the dominant on the wall and she was transfixed i mean you know she's eight years old and she was like mom i want to do that i want to go i want to go to the game someday and i'm like okay well that's kind of (laughs) hard but you know it sounds fun and so yeah. I just had this wild hair. I said, well, let me get on StubHub and see if we can get tickets. And, and I asked my husband, I was like, are you cool if I take her? Because this is going to cost a fortune. And so she and I went. Like, we went in August, and we were there cheering you guys on for five days, and it was awesome. So cool. Oh, yes. that's good. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> yes. And I, I talked to Cara Saunders last week, and um, I can't tell you how – incredibly impressive it was to watch i mean yeah oh my gosh so let's talk about the games how was it for you this was your best performance so far huh yeah yeah this year was you know different from any other year like the, the preparation going into this year just you know it was so tough and long and like super long days and um but it was just so so precise that it, it made the games experience like so much better than years past so what was um, different what was different you say it was longer um I mean. so 
Yeah, so I actually spent a lot of this uh, this year training with Tia and Shane. Um, mm-hmm. So I was up in Gladstone doing a lot of training up there throughout the Open, and then I caught up with uh, them again, you know, for a few weeks leading into regionals, and then I headed over to Cookville, and I trained with Tia and Shane again for you know three or two to three weeks leading into the game. So a lot of my training time, at least half or more was spent, you know, training with Tia, who's, you know, the fittest on earth and has been the last couple of years in a row. And she's a, you know, fantastic training partner. And Shane is, you know, the mastermind behind um, putting all of her stuff together. And, you know, I sort of just, you know, went with the flow and, and joined in. And, and yeah, it just, the preparation was super tough. Um, but, you know, like they were there to help keep me accountable. And, you know, I could, you know, help try and keep them accountable as well so that was it was really fun so but the trainings were super long days like some days we would get to the gym at you know like 8 30 8 30 9 o'clock in the morning and we wouldn't leave until 7 30 that night it'd just be crazy oh my god so yeah so it'd just be super long days and uh but you know so much fun as well because we were you know overseas and training in a different environment and you know all we had to do was just our sole purpose every day was to wake up um and to go and train and, and to get better. And, you know, that's just, it's it's so tough when you're doing it, but it's so simple at the same time. It's just like, let's just go and get it done. And then we just did that all day long. You just got to try and stay focused for a long period of time. But, you know, just giving you that amount of work and that amount of volume and, and that amount of intensity prior to the games, it made the games a less stressful experience knowing that you'd already pushed yourself so hard yeah. and like beyond the point that you could, you know, you would have thought you could have done not by yourself. So getting to the games was, you know, um, it was, uh, you know, a bit of confidence building knowing what we'd done prior leading up. So it made the games experience more fun this year round, which was fantastic. Yeah. So what did you, when you were at the gym from like eight to seven, what, yeah. what does that even look like? Do you get to shower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some days we did and some days we didn't. Uh, more than, more times than not, we didn't because more than like, we were training. Um, we we're training at Rich's at Rich's barn for a lot of it. So mm-hmm. Rich Browning, uh, we for were, those who don't yeah. know, is technically the reigning fittest man in the world, right? Four time CrossFit yeah, Games yeah. champion. Yeah. Yep. 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 So like the the legend, I guess. Right. And uh, so we were training at his barn. So we would get there in the morning, and we might train say until you know from nine thirty ish, say through until like maybe like one o'clock or, or 12.30 or something like that. And then we might have, you know, a 45-minute to an hour break to have some lunch and just to, you know, sit down and get some sun or, or, or whatever just to relax a little bit and then it'd be like, all right, let's go hit this next session and then that might go from, say, you know, 2 o'clock or 2.30 through until about 5.36 um, and then we would probably spend the last hour doing accessory work and, and uh, stretching and, and rolling out and then, you know, having a chat until, well, you know, 7.30, sometimes 8 o'clock. Or from after that, we might even go, you know, go find a pool or, or, or you know, do some other accessory work that's not inside the gym. Um, oh, so goodness. it was just, yeah, it was just like sort of just a lot of work, but it was super fun because it was so different and we were getting outside and doing a lot of outdoor work as well. So I guess that's the luxury of, um, you know, being in that type of environment down there in Cookville is, that it, we could, you know, we could uh, ride the bikes up to Rich's dad's house, and we could jump in in the in the pond and, and swim, and then we could bike back down, and we could run, and and we could hike and take the vests out and the packs, and and you know, go pack marching and stuff, and so it was just super cool and super diverse, and 
you know, it just kept it really, really interesting for the for the period of time that we were there. And they had a track near their house that we could go do, you know, we could go out to the track and we had sprints and we could do mile time trials and things like that. So it was just it was just so cool. And like that's like that's like the dream, you know, like just to be able to, you know, wake up and say, Okay, my sole purpose today is to go and train to fuel myself and to go and train again. <laughs> it's super cool. <laughs> no, it's so funny because I, I agree with you that that's super cool, but a lot of people listening might think that sounds absolutely like a nightmare. Do you do you ever <laughs> just think, okay, this is a nightmare and I should just go get another job? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, uh, You know what? Those thoughts come through your head all the time. And it's just like sometimes if you're like, if you're really sort of beat down and and, you know, you've been through a really hard couple of weeks of training and you've still got to, you know, push out for another week or so and you're in a workout and you're not doing as well as what you would thought you might have or you're not hitting the numbers that you wish you could have. Then, like, you think to yourself, oh, is what I'm doing, you know, is it the right thing or is what I'm doing, do I really want to do this day in, day out? <laughs> and then, you know, those thoughts do come through your head, but that's that happens to everybody and it's um, it's the process and that's like, that's part of the journey, like, it's um you know you have you have ups and downs and and some of those downs are worse than others like if you don't really you know if you don't place well at a certain competition that you've hoped to and and things like that but yeah you do go through times when you're training and you're in the middle of a really hard you know training cycle and you're, you're thinking to yourself oh, how how much longer can I do this for but <laughs> um but then then at the end of the day like there's never been a workout that hasn't finished so. Like, you know, when you're stuck in a workout or you're doing a long run or you're doing a, you know, a big long triathlon or something like that and, and you're just like, I don't know if this is ever going to finish. Right. It's just like, and it's just, you know, you're five minutes into a, a 60 minute run or something like that and then, but it all finishes, it all gets to the end, you get through it and then you get, you get home that night, you have a shower and you're just like, oh, this is what I was waiting for, just like right. to have some re- relaxed time and. You know, you lie down in bed and think, oh, that was a really productive good day of training. Like it tested me physically and it also, you know, had me second guessing mentally, but I pushed through, I got it done. And, and that makes you stronger for when you're out on the competition floor and you're thinking the same thing. You're like, oh, are these guys going faster than me? How fit are they? Am I doing the right thing? And am, am I going fast enough? And all that type of stuff. And then, you know, you just, it's reassurance and, and mental game building that, you know, all amounts to, you know, being able to push through and overcome certain obstacles, not just physically, but mentally too. Yeah. I mean, talk about thinking that something will never end. Like when I do a long distance triathlon, I convince myself that each event that I'm in is the end. Because if I think (laughs) about, like if I, if I'm swimming and I think, oh my gosh, I still have to bike, you know, 112 miles and I have to run a marathon. I'll, I'll just, it's overwhelming. So I'm like, when I, when I get out of this water, I'm done. And then yeah. obviously I go to the change tent and I'm really disappointed to find out I now have to bike. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I really totally. do convince myself in that moment that you just, and I mean, I think just chopping up things into manageable portions oh. because when you're going into the CrossFit games, if you really think, you know, I have 14, 13, 15 events, like how can you mentally handle mm. that? <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that's it's super overwhelming, and you know what you said is exactly right, and that's exactly what you know I do as well. Even in a in a workout, like just a singular workout, and and just you know chopping it up into you know parts, especially if you're you know you're you're anticipating you know going deep inside that you know that pain cave at some point, um, 
it's just a matter of, you know, focusing on the next movement that you've got to do and, and trying to get that done to the best of your ability. So, for instance, if I get a workout, uh, let, let, well, we can even chat Battlegrounds. Like, yes. Battlegrounds was a workout that we, you know, we had to carry the dummy, you know, 100 yards, and then we had to climb the rope three times and okay, then so run tell the... tell people who, don't, who didn't see it, the dummy. Like, oh, sure. the human, okay. like, heavy yeah. person. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like um, Rescue Randy. Yeah. So basically it's a, you know, a, 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 a dummy of a person that is, you know, weight rated to be similar similar weight to, you know, a human of that size. And then basically you, you go and like rescue them. It was 165 pounds, right? Did I read that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I think we had 75 kilos. It might have even been 85. 85 kilos and 65 kilos, I oh. think. Yeah, so, so 85 yeah, one, kilos is for... Like 180, 185? Yeah. yeah 185 man. and 165, I think we had. Gosh. So male and female weight. And yeah, so that was like Rescue Randy. And, and so, for instance, that workout was one that I was really looking forward to because I was running and, and I love, you know, I love running and, and the obstacle course is really cool and funky and, and the rope climbs were, were really cool too. So... But even with a workout like that, like I just had to think to myself, like I, don't, I didn't want to think, you know, about the run while I'm carrying Randy and I didn't want to think about the rope climbs um, on the way back while I was still doing the obstacle course. Mm-hmm. So to get, I think to get the most out of yourself is, okay, how am I going to pick up Randy and how am I going to get him from A to B as fast as possible? As soon as that's done, quickly switch on, okay, how am I going to get these rope climbs done the most efficient way and is it going to be beneficial to, you know, do them fast or do them at a medium pace or do them slow so I can get onto the run better? Um, but there's no point thinking about things too far in advance. It's like when I go for a surf. If I'm surfing, if I'm about to pull onto a wave and I'm already thinking about, you know, the first turn I'm going to do before I've, you know, stood up on the board or I've jumped into my position on the board, you know, there's a good chance that I might stuff up the takeoff. So, it's you got to take one step at a time, but then be very quick to think about the next thing after you've completed that task. Otherwise, you know, thinking too far ahead of of where you might be, and it all, and then it you know it comes down to you know poor performance. So if uh, you, if you're thinking too far ahead, it could stuff up what you're currently doing at that particular time. So yeah. I think to make the most out of it, yet one one thing at a time. But as soon as that one thing's done, bang, you're on to the next thing, and that's less focus. Just you know thinking about focus all the time, and and also it's a good way to you know, break things up into manageable chunks that, you know, don't aren't so daunting and aren't so overwhelming. Yeah. So when, let's talk about the marathon row, speaking of manageable chunks, how did you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh, the marathon row. Well, you know, I think it was fantastic event, fantastic event. Maybe not so much for the spectators to watch, but like for some people, I think got, like I heard some people say, that was the most fun event to watch. Like, I loved it. I did but, too. Um, we watched it. Now we stayed like, we were there an hour and 45 minutes and my daughter was like, um, I'm hungry. And I was like, well, yeah. you know what? We can go eat. We can turn it on the tube and they'll still be doing this. So let's do Totally. <laughs> let's yeah, do totally. Well, the good thing about the row in, in, in my eyes, well, for me, I'd actually done one before, so I kind of knew what to expect. Um, and so getting stuck into that, when they announced it, I was like, oh, bonus. I don't reckon anyone here probably has, uh, has done a marathon row before. Oh, so, so you I, were I think probably that, the only one? Wow. Potent- yeah, I think potentially. Like when I, when I spoke about it with a few of the guys that were there and a few of the girls, they said, oh, no, we haven't, we haven't ever rode that far. <laughs> so I was just like – so one day um, I was just in the gym 
and my coach, my coach at the time, he said, oh, he called me on the phone and, and this was after the regionals, I think back in 2015, he rang me and he said, oh, I just did marathon road. And I said, what, what did you do that for? He's just like, oh, <laughs> someone else in my gym did it. And so I decided to give it a go. And I said, oh, okay, well, I better go do it then. So I walked out into the gym and I'm just like, I'm going to start this row. So I went and started the row and I got it done. It took me a little over three hours to do. Um, then I got off a few times here and there and I wasn't, you know, pushing the pace crazily or anything like that. So I kind of had a bit of an idea on what to expect and, and know that, you know, your butt's going to get a bit sore and, and your arm's going to get a little bit fatigued. And, you know, if you're not hydrating and consuming properly throughout, then you, you might hit, you know, might hit a bit of a wall, especially if you're pushing, pushing the pace. Um, you know, you might get a little bit crampy here and there. So I, I kind of knew what to expect, but I absolutely loved that event. Like, I thought that was super cool. Like, it was a great test of fitness, a great test of m- mental um, ability and also strategy as well. There was a lot of people that went out really fast yeah. um, for the first, you know, 10 to 15 kilometers and, uh, you know, kind of bit them in the butt. Whereas I think I spent the first uh, 12 kilometers of that race sitting in about 29th position. Mm-hmm. And and I, I saw my I saw my name up on the board in in 29th or 28th or something somewhere around there and I thought it's okay trust the process and mm-hmm. like um, Shane Shane and I we sort of had the had the strategy that we wanted to um, we wanted to negative split yeah. um, the the back half and so that was the game plan and you know hold it hold a reasonable split for the first and then we wanted to bring it down by a couple of seconds to a few seconds in the in the last, you know, 21, 21 or so kilometers. So that was the game plan. I stick to the game plan. This is, you know, a long event and there's no need to be sitting in a great position um, for the first, you know, 15, 20 Ks because it, it's all like the last, the last 15, 20 Ks is kind of where it counts. And I, I think I went from 20, 29th position in the first, you know, 15 kilometers or so. And then every, probably every kilometer, Every kilometer thereafter, I was just taking one person at a time. So oh, wow. <laughs> every K, I would, you know, just see see meters, meters creeping up on the next person. And then you'd bump past them, and then you would know have another like 200 meters or 130 meters to the next person, and then you'd bump past them, and then you'd slowly see it chip away. And it's just like just held my pace, and yeah, it was super cool. And I think I end up in uh, maybe nine eighth eighth spot for that workout so that was that was super cool i really liked it and i did it all through the nose so except for the last kilometer so oh, it's just wow. trying to stay as re- as relaxed as possible i guess yeah. you could say it was really impressive to watch and I, after i saw that i thought oh my gosh i want to do that maybe i'll do it yeah. for my birthday and because oh, i do cool. i like doing stupid things that i mean not that it's stupid but it's totally stupid but you know yes. it's something that's really out of my league like really bad. And so I had told someone at the gym, I'm going to do this. And they were like, well, no one else is going to do that. That's stupid. And our gym was following CrossFit.com's programming for like a couple of weeks. And it popped up as the workout. Oh, no. wow. <laughs> That's so like, cool. This is awesome. Cause there was a week where there was a lot of the games workouts on the programming. And so, yeah. um, yeah, we, sh- there was only like three of us that showed up at five thirty AM to do it before work. And, um, I- it was great. But the thing that I was most impressed with you guys, um, was the hands because my hands I had on gloves, but yeah. for days and in the next day for you guys was bar muscle ups or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ah. Yep. 
It's so impressive. So what do you do with your hands? Are you just, do you have like super Uh, tough man hands or do you have like a hand care thing you do? Yeah, I actually don't have any hand care protocols that I follow. I never really find um, that I, I, I never really tear too much. I've only probably ever torn quite badly, maybe like seven or eight times, maybe really? 10. Yeah. So I've had little blisters here and there from time to time, but yeah, I never tend to, I think it just might be the way that I grip the bar and, you know, the way that I grip certain things. It's, it doesn't ever really, you know, take a huge toll on my hands, but I do wear, I've converted. So in my, uh, in my second year of the games, the first year in Madison, I tore my hands on the first day really badly on the, um, on the snatch, snatch muscle up workout on the first night. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, and that kind of plagued me for the rest of the weekend. Um, just with, you know, really sore hands and, you know, lots of, lots of blisters everywhere and, and torn up skin and, and open, open wounds. And so after that, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to grips. And I hadn't worn grips in about four or five years. So after that, I went back to wearing grips for my, you know, my pull-ups and my muscle-ups. And, you know, it's actually improved, improved my, my muscle-up, uh, like, grip strength as well. Um, it's, like, it's helped it a lot, actually. And I could, you know, hang on for, hang on for a lot more muscle-ups than I could before. And, you know, there's, I don't ever, you know, feel a, a worry to tearing. Mm-hmm. But for the row, row, for instance, when I first did it back in 2015, um, I didn't wear any gloves or anything for that. Um, I sort of just gripped it with my fingertips most of the way. Um, and my hands were fine. I didn't get any blisters from that. But then when I did the row at the games, I wore gloves for that one. Um, and they were fine. They were a little bit tender after, but no blisters, no open open cuts or anything like that. It was, you know, it was quite fine um i just remember being very crampy at the end of it that was pretty much it because i was just trying to push the pace i guess and but um yeah the hands pulled up really really good and and uh and it didn't affect me for the rest of the weekend at all so this was your was this your fourth games third third games so since you're a three-year veteran which one was the toughest for you i know they're all really tough but which one was the toughest um, I would probably have to say, whew, probably the toughest, um, uh, you know, physically, I think the toughest one would have been 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had, when we flew out to Aromas, we did the Aromas run. Um, we did the workouts out there and then we came back, we did the swim and then we had to do Murph. Mm-hmm. Um, Physically, I think that one was probably the toughest, and we did, you know, the uh, we did the double DT. Um, so that that was a lot of volume and a lot of squatting. We had a lot of, you know, there was like medium weight to heavy thrusters at the end, and there was heavy cleans. And so I think 2016 was physically the toughest. Um, I think probably last year, so 2017 uh, was, you know, mentally. They're probably one of the tougher ones for me, just um, just with the way I was performing and, and you know, probably the expectations that I'd put on myself to do mm-hmm. well and, and things like that are not really turning out the way that I wanted. So mentally, I think last year was probably the toughest. Um, and, you know, 2016, I didn't know really what to expect and I was there to, you know, have a good hard crack and, <laughs> and, and, and have some fun. But it was, it was tough physically. 
Um, but then I think 2017, tough mentally. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tougher as you go, doesn't it, mentally, because of the expectations. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and you would know this as well. If this, you know, when you go and compete, it's like, obviously, that there must be, you know, a deep-seated um, want for yourself to do well and something that you want to achieve for yourself to, you know, potentially prove something to yourself that you can, you can you know, stick out the training, you can rock up every day, commit yourself to something, dedicate dedicate all this time and effort into something to amount to something great and for for athletes um i guess athletes like us that want to go and test ourselves did you just say like us yeah (laughs) oh you can't tell me you're not an athlete i treat everyone in our everyone in our gym (laughs) no oh you're an athlete for sure so i so if you've if you've done Ultra long triathlon. I you're know an athlete. I'm an athlete, but I just think it's funny that James Newbury just said athletes like us, and he was talking about me. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. That was funny. Okay, continue. Uh, <laughs> that's funny, and I just think it's you know something just something that's ingrained that we want to see results for the effort and the um, the time and the time and dedication that we put into something, and um, sometimes there's a bit of delayed gratification and you might have to put in, you know, two or three or four or five years to see the result that you wanted. Whereas someone else might, you know, put, you know, an effort in for say 12 months to 24 months Mm. and they may get the result that you wanted in a shorter period of time. But I think that's when we start to, you know, look outside the things that are actually really meaningful and, and really, you know, purposeful to us. And it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter you know, the journey that somebody else is taking, it really matters about the way that you approach your journey, the way that you enjoy your journey and, and, and all those types of things. And, you know, you'll, you'll be a much happier person, you know, focusing on yourself, your lane, your times, um, your processes, rather than focusing on someone in the lane next to you or, or looking at somebody else's achievements and, you know, putting expectations on yourself to achieve what somebody else has achieved. If you go out there and you put in 100 and, you know, 100% effort into everything that you do um, and you can at the end of the day say, I gave it my best. I gave it my best in every single event. I did my best in every single day of training, um, you know, and I've enjoyed the whole process. Even if you don't win or, you you know, you don't get the placing that you would say in your mind had hoped for, um, at least you'll you'll come away from it and, and you'll be able to sleep easier at night time rather than, you know, putting all this expectation on yourself because it's a very easy thing to do and, to, you know, to look at other people's successes and, and think, well, I want that too. And if I don't get there, I'm a failure. It's just, that's not the case. And, you know, that's probably the mindset that I, I, I probably subconsciously used to have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, and it is tough and people, you know, other people put expectations on you, but look at the end of the day, if you go out there and, and you're enjoying what you're doing, you're enjoying the journey, you're giving 110% effort. It's, um, it's, you'll not only be happy with your result, regardless of where you place, but you'll also, you know, you'll be a happier person in day-to-day life rather than sort of just, you know, moping around and, you know, dragging <laughs> dragging your feet to every single training session. If you're dragging your feet to every single training session, it might be a, an opportunity for you to think to yourself what the the expectation that I'm putting on myself to achieve some a certain particular goal. I need to, you know, slightly restructure where I'm putting the emphasis on achievement or results because dragging yourself to training shouldn't 
you know, that shouldn't be an everyday occurrence. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to go and you have to go, but that shouldn't be an everyday occurrence. And it's not to say that you need to stop what you're doing completely. It's just maybe you just need to reevaluate where you're putting your um, reevaluate where you're putting your expectations and 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 where you're focusing your energy into results and things like that. Maybe just slightly shift your shift your brain pattern a little bit there. I mean, you really have to find the gratitude in every day, or you'll make yourself crazy. Oh, totally. Yeah, it'll it'll totally. Oh, sorry, my dog's going nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And I think, look, that's probably that's probably the the main thing. Um, you'll you'll drive yourself crazy just focusing on particular results and things like that. Whereas if you can focus on the effort instead that's always benefited me so much more in recent years is you know focusing on my effort focusing on um because the training that's really the, the true measure right that's the only thing you can control all the time exactly outfit. yeah exactly you can't go out there and control how fit everybody else is that's just you know you can't do that like if that's just out of your control completely but if you can you know focus on all of your controls and focus on your nutrition and focus on your training and focus on your effort and focus on your game plans, then that's giving you the best opportunity to, to do extremely well. Yeah. So and, let's talk about, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 not at all. No. And I, that was, that was pretty, that's pretty much it. It's sort of, I've figured out in the last sort of few years and it's taking me a little while to understand. Um, but you know, that effort in particular is what's going to, make you have a, a more enjoyable training season, a more enjoy, uh, enjoyable competing season. And when I enjoy my training and enjoy my competition, I compete so much better and my placings usually reflect that. Yeah. So what is your background? You seem like very wise to, to know all, like to, did you have to learn this the hard way or did you have other sports that kind of taught you this, this process, journey-driven kind of mentality versus end result? Yeah, I think um, so. I think it comes a lot from my mum and my dad, um, especially, especially um, when it came to you know getting into sports as a kid. Um, so my background: I first started off playing soccer with my brother, who's only eleven months older than me. So we grew up quite competitive. Eleven months. Oh my gosh! Yeah. My kids are fourteen months apart, and I thought that was bad. Eleven? That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's it well. Yeah, I, I guess I was just a bit of, you know, I was just, you know, lucky. <laughs> I guess I was just lucky. So, oh, the TV was broken. I don't know. Uh, so, so um, yeah, so, like, we grew up quite competitive and, and like, we had a, a really good time, you know, racing each other and, you know, shooting hoops or playing soccer or football or kicking the ball, who can kick it the furthest and things like that and, and then as I sort of got older and I wanted to get into some individual sport, um, I got out of soccer when I was about eight years old and I got into athletics. And when I did athletics, I wasn't very good. Like the first week I went out to Little Athletics, um, uh, uh, I, I, like, I'd lost my, like I came last in my 70-meter sprint and I was like devastated. I was like, how can I be this slow? How are these other kids faster than me? And um, then, you know, probably one of the things that I always come back to about competition and getting competitive um, was uh, we had just moved from Sydney to Adelaide and um, 
I had just started in a new school and I had just met a girl there. She was in year, I think we were in, going into year three and she was at Little Athletics as well. So we, I saw her at school, I saw her at Little Athletics and then her dad came up to me and he said, last week I saw you run your 70 meter sprint and you know your eyes were in, in other people's lanes and you were looking at the person next to you while you were running and you know there was no focus. And there's an eight-year-old kid. I kind of didn't understand what he meant. Like, it's just like you go for a race and you either win or you don't. Right. And, and yeah, and so then he kind of explained to me, he's like, you know, I want you to focus on the tree line behind the end of the 100-meter the track. I want you to focus on that. I don't want you to take your eyes off it for the whole race. And I thought, okay, that seems easy enough. I'll do that. And so um, we, we kicked off the race and I won. I couldn't believe it. Like, there was a massive turnaround in seven days. Um, and I won this race. And as soon as I won that race, I was like, oh, my God, it worked. Yeah. I was like, it's just as, e- it's as easy as that. All I have to do <laughs> is focus on my own lane. And, you know, that was probably a starting point for me, getting quite competitive with other people other than my brother. And um, That is such and then a it- valuable lesson, though. I mean, gosh, if someone had told me that at eight, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, know, I w- you know, I think it was just, you know, lucky lucky that he came up to me and he took the time just to give me that piece of advice because you know that completely changed yeah um my whole you know I I feel like it changed my whole sporting um career or the pathway that I was going to take like I may have received that information you know a month later and it may have had no effect or you know a year later and no effect or you know 10 years later it had no effect but I think getting it at that point in time at that crucial moment you know, that gave me the drive to want to go back to athletics that next week and not only win the 70-meter sprint, but I wanted to win the 150. I wanted to win the 800. I wanted to win the shot put, the high jump, the triple jump, the long <laughs> jump, the discus. I, there's nothing that I didn't want to win. And if I didn't win, I was always then looking for that, you know, little piece of advice that might just be the tipping point, whether it's, you know, not a, a massive physical increase, but more of a a focus increase where it could be, you know, if I just focus on, say, you know, looking at that tree or looking at my hand or, you know, focusing on my hip drive or something like that, that might be the difference between, you know, coming second or winning. So then I sort of had this mindset as a young kid then there's, you know, there's always there's always ways to improve and, and it may not be, you know, three months of training that could be the difference, but, you know, just little focus points that are, are more important um, as well as the training. So, and then, you know, after that, it was, you know, my mum and my dad were always, you know, extremely supportive of, of so I'm one of, I'm one of six kids. Mm-hmm. So they're always extremely, like extremely su- like supporting in, in terms of, you know, getting me to practices each night. Like I, I think I had a, a training, a training session at something, at something every night of the week. And mum and dad would always get me there regardless. I'd always put, you know, everything that they wanted to do on hold for us kids. So um, so I continued doing athletics and continued doing whatever I could get my hands on, surfing, football, rugby league was a big sport of mine as well. And, and uh, I remember getting to the, to the States, um, uh, so our state championships for little athletics. And like I was going there and I had hopes to, you know, to win the, win the 100 meters, win the 400 meters, win my shot put, win my high jump. They were like the ones that I really wanted to win. And I got there and I think I came like maybe seventh in the 100. I think I came fourth by, you know, point one of a second in the 400. And then um, I, I won my shot put and I think I came fourth in my high jump. And 
I said to, at the end of it, my dad was driving home with dad and he said to me, imagine if you actually trained. <laughs> um, and I was only, you know, 10 years old at the time and all, yeah. I, all, my, tra- all my training that consisted was, you know, going to the lays on a, on a Sunday morning and, right. you know, just, just competing in the events as you go around and every 15 minutes you just, you know, you hear a whistle and you move to the next event. Um, so I thought, training? Okay, so how is training going to get me any better at this, Dad? And he was just like, so, like, he kind of, you know, briefly explained. I was like, all right, cool. Can you make me train? And, <laughs> and he's just like, no, if you want to train, you'll, you know, you'll get, you'll get up and you'll do it yourself. And I thought about it for a while and, you know, like, I didn't do anything over the next, you know, few months and, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't get up and train and, and I always bugged Dad. I said, oh, when you come home from work, can you, like, can you force me to go train? And he's just like, no. Nah. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I think that was a very valuable lesson in itself. Um, and eventually, you know, I, over the next couple of years, I started, you know, realizing the benefits of training and, and, you know, I started, you know, doing my push-ups in my bedroom and doing my sit-ups in my bedroom. And, well, what and you know, you then I changed, like what, what changed from, you know, wanting your dad to kind of push you to becoming self-motivating? Do you remember, or you just said, well, I guess I better do this myself. Well, you know, I think it was just a real urge to, to want to, to, to win mm-hmm. at, in the beginning. Yeah. To win in the beginning. And, you know, I, I didn't in, well, you know, it's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but I wasn't as happy going to a state carnival and coming forth only by such a small margin. It's like I really wanted a medal. And I was just like, well, you know what? If I want that medal, I'm going to go sit in my room. I'm going to do my 150 sit-ups. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and I'm going to see if it works. And then it just be, sort of came ingrained in, in what I did. And if I wanted to get good at something, then I would outwork everybody else who was doing it. Or yeah. I'll try to I'll try to outwork everybody else who was doing it, and then when I started to see little bits of you know positive results here and there, then like okay, this stuff works. Like how far can I push this? How far can I how far can I go before I get to you know um, doing too much stuff? And because I was doing such varied stuff all the time, it never really got there. So you know, one day I'd have footy practice, the next night I'd go surfing, the next night I would go and you know hit a three or a five K run around like my local area. And then the next night I'd be back out of football training. And so it was so diverse and, and different. And, and you're only a kid at the time. Um, you're like, you never get worn down. <laughs> so yeah. And then it just all sort of amounted. And then I started seeing good success in other areas like my football and things like that. And, and um, the feeling, the feeling of, you know, seeing good results for the effort that you put in, it's just so much more satisfying. Whereas I feel like, if if I didn't try as hard in training, um, and I still, and for, for instance, I still got those results early on, um, I wouldn't have appreciated them as much. Whereas yeah. I, I had to work, I had to work really hard to see those, you know, those little successes here and there. So it it urged me to, you know, put in more effort. And then if those successes, you know, continued, then it'd drive me even more, and it'd make me feel more fulfilled and and happier and. And, um, and then, you know, I've just got this, uh, I guess it's, you know, been ingrained. I don't think it's like a natural thing. I think it's almost, a, a, I think it's actually a learned thing is, you know, just, it just sort of, it's a snowball effect and, and, you know, I just, I just really enjoy getting the most out of my body and, 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 you know, 
performance. Like I love seeing like how far I can push myself to be as good at as many different things as I can. It's just always been been the case ever since athletics when it wasn't just the sprinting I wanted to be good at, but I wanted to win everything. It wasn't <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to be the, the fittest, the fastest, the strongest, the best at everything. I wanted to win all the arm wrestles at school. I wanted to you know, I wanted to win the beach sprint set when I was down doing surf life saving. I wanted to yeah, it was everything. I just wanted I mean, to be you good were literally at like crossfitting before crossfit was a thing pretty much i want to do all these things (laughs) yeah totally and that was and that's always that's always been the case and when people do ask me about it and like especially if people come into the gym and they say i want to go to the crossfit games i'm just like oh that's you know fantastic goal and you know it's a big goal and it's lots and lots of fun um what have you been doing for the last you know 15 15 years and it's like, oh, nothing. Right. I was like, oh, there's so many skills and traits and, um, you know, uh, things that are learned over a long course of time that, you know, a lot of the people that are at the games now have been doing since they were, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. But, you know, it, it, it amounts to it, – and it's not to say that you can't do it at all. Like that's by no means what I'm saying. But it also is um, – it also is, you know, skills learnt through those earlier periods that have progressed and, you know, translate into what CrossFit is today. And, well, and not it's just so cross much mastery. I mean, it's, you know, oh. Robert Greene says in his book that it takes 10,000 hours of something to master a skill. And the earlier yes. you get started, I mean, the <laughs> more time oh, is on your side. 100%. That's complete. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. Like, that's, that's something that I, that I sort of said if, anyone asked me about like how did you get good at CrossFit it was more like oh well I did all these things prior to CrossFit in my early training early training years that have made me a better CrossFitter today that I didn't even if you had asked me at the age of 16 um, or 17 or 18 um, like where do you see yourself in five or six years and it I would have said I'll be playing professional rugby league that's what I'll be doing I never have thought would have never have thought I would have started this new sport and have been competing at this level in my entire life. Like things change, but you know, CrossFit is so much more suited to you know what I enjoy and what drives me every day. Like what gets me out of bed to you know to either run faster or lift heavier or, or lift quicker or swim better or you know get out on the board or you know even to the point of you know just going surfing. Like I just I just I love giving everything a go and you know it's all about experience for me. So. If I can see, you know, a positive experience, um, you know, formulating, then I want to give it a go. Like it's, it's all about the experience, and I think that's what we can take away from every day. If you can have as many positive experiences as possible, and sometimes even the negative experiences, you know, they're room for growth as well. Like you kind of need those as well to really appreciate the positive ones. Yeah. So you get to be Dave Castro for the day, and you get yeah. to pick <laughs> the three events in one day that are going to suit you the best what are those three events oh okay um let's just i would probably say um i would say event one event one let's do a triathlon (laughs) nice i see a skype picture here you've got a tri bike yeah 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 so i've um I've actually like I've really enjoy cycling and I've only got into it the last couple of years, um, but I've been doing a bit of crit racing, um, a little bit of tri stuff. We did a duathlon a couple of weekends ago. Um, 
So were Super you excited fun. about the crit for the first event? Oh my god, yes. When I heard I that, was I was terrified like, for you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh, I was pumped. When he said, like, so we all sat down. I'm not sure if um, everyone got to see it, but when we sat down downstairs and he brought out the bike, he goes, everyone's like, oh, we're doing a triathlon or we're doing a duathlon or something like that. And he said, all righty, guys, we're not doing a triathlon. He goes, what other race can you do on the road? That's not a triathlon. And in my head, because um, I had actually done about five crit races leading into the games, like it was something that was, you know, close to my house and I'd heard of it around the traps and I was just like, you know, I really want to give one of those a go. It sounds like really, it sounds really fun. And so I did one and I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And fortunately enough, my, my girlfriend's younger brother, he was actually into crit racing and he goes, oh, you should come out for a crit one time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I actually went out and I did it. And then in my head, when Dave Castro said that, I'm just like, please be a criterion. Please be a criterion. Please be a criterion. And he said, we're doing a criterion. And I was just like, bonus. Like, cause I don't think anybody else there had done a criterion before. Maybe Adrian Mundweiler might have done one or two, but I know he was a big road rider prior to that. Yeah. Um, so when they said criterion, I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> I thought Castro was trying to kill y'all just because you know, one bad move and five people can go down, you know, I oh, just, and the event totally. one, I was just horrified, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I had a blast. If, if, or well, if I could actually, if I could, you know, pick it, it would probably be like uh criterium would have, you know, criterium or triathlon could be event one. Um, okay. and cause I do love the bike. Um, and I do love running and I do love swimming. Um, event two, um, you know, I would love for it to be like a, a board, a, like a, a board paddle, like a, like the prone paddle that we had, mm-hmm. um, something like that into, you know, a deadlift, like a, a medium weight, medium to heavy weight, high rep deadlift. So it's like, for instance, you would do say a, a prone paddle for a, you know, 700 to a kilometer. You'd come back to, you know, 50 deadlifts at, say 120, 130 kilos, and then, you know, you might hit three or four rounds or something like that. Something like that would be fantastic. And then for event number three, something else that I really do enjoy um, would have to be oh, probably probably something to do with like um, – like maybe like a bit of uh, running and like strongman, like farmers carries, mm-hmm. something like that. So farmers carries or like uh, high rep GHDs and high rep pull ups. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so it, for instance, it could be something like five rounds of five rounds of say forty GHD sit ups, thirty thirty pull ups into say, a 50-meter out-and-back farmer's carry with a 400-meter run, you know, something like that. That's terrible. I'm going to write that down and do that tomorrow. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, So yeah, exactly. So something like that would be, um, you know, kind of up my alley with, you know, with um, with certain things. But um, I guess this season um, coming up, I'm trying to, you know, work it work as much as possible on you know having everything in my wheelhouse if that makes mm-hmm. sense and yeah. not having anything so far outside um and i think that'll you know amount to you know being a um a better overall athlete at the games and you know 
you know, potentially qualifying with the new system structure and, and things like that. Yeah. So is anyone clear on that yet? <laughs> well, you know, it's very hard to say. Look, as far as as far as I know, we have 16 sanctioned events that we can, you know, pick and choose which ones we want to go to. And if we go there and we win, um, then we get a ticket to the games. If, for instance, someone wins one and then they want to attend another one, they can do so. And if they win that one as well, the person in second place is allowed to go to the games. Mm. Um, but if they wanted to go there for either for the prize money or for the extra competition, then they're more than welcome. Um, same goes for the Open. I'm pretty sure the top 20 in the world get a ticket to the games. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's what I've heard. Um, and then I believe in maybe 2020, that's when they open up, you know, if you win your if you win your, your region or if you win your country in the open like if you come top in your country then you also get a ticket to the games too um and so in saying that i feel like the first two days of competition at the games are going to have a lot more athletes than normal um mm -hmm. but i know but i believe there is a, a culling process um over the first two days so if you you know if you rank in the bottom say 10 or 15 at the end of day one, then you're out. And then yeah. if you rank in the bottom 10 to 15 again at the end of day two, you're out. And that and you don't progress in the competition. And the last three days are made up of, you know, the top 30 or the top 20 that are, are still around or something like that. I, I believe that might be the case. So, you know, like I think evolution is fantastic. And I think a bit of a change is always good. And no, no matter how much backlash you get from it initially, but I think it's, I think it's really cool. Like, I'm looking forward to see it, how it progresses. And I think at the end of the day, we're still going to find the fittest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the idea? Do you like how the games are currently set up with the points or do, would you find it more exciting to have like eliminations every day, <laughs> like head to heads? Or well, do you think that defeats the purpose? Well, it, I, I feel like that would be fun and exciting. And it also change up the... I feel like it would change things up a lot. But then also I don't feel like at the end of the day then you would find the, the absolute fittest. So if you look mm -hmm. at, for instance, someone like Patrick Vellner, who in the past, you know, hasn't gone off to the greatest start of the games but always makes a roaring comeback and is always, you know, in the like on the podium at the end of the weekend after, you know, for instance, let's say, a, a, a you know, a bad day one, you know, if he was to be, you know, um, knocked out on, say, the end of day one for, you know, a, a poor event, you know, that wouldn't at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend, give you the fittest because, you know, overall, at the end of the weekend, he, you know, he was in the top three fittest in the world. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it would be fun and exciting, but also wouldn't allow you to, you know, truly find the fittest because I do believe that's where he was, you know, meant to be. Well, Vellner um, just needs to not fall off the net. I know, I know. Oh my god, how bad, how bad I was this? They kept playing that over and over at the beer garden, at the games, oh, and I was like, I can't watch that again. And then Fraser's right behind him. Yeah, and he falls too. Oh my god. god. Yeah, like I was just, I was so glad. Like, did you manage actually, to not fall? I didn't fall. Every other year, I've fallen somewhere. I think there's a re there's a replay of me falling over at Aromas carrying the med ball up the hill. And it's oh, like, yeah, that is you. I remember that. Yeah. And it just looks a lot worse than what it was. Like my head like kind of whiplashed and it looked like my chin hit the ground. It didn't actually hit the ground, but I, like I kind of held my head back, but it did look pretty bad. And there was a nice big thump because I, like I landed on my chest and it like knocked all the wind out of me. But it was, yeah, there's every other year I've fallen somewhere, but not this year. So does an athlete at your level, like I deal with constant 
and this may be a more female thing, but I deal with constant self-sabotage and I don't know why I do it. I may do it with my nutrition. I may do it with sleep, but I, I feel like anytime I get on a progression of a really good streak of training or whatever in life that I'm right there to get in my own way. Do you find that that's something you deal with or are you kind of beyond that at this point? No, totally. I, I completely understand um, what you're, yeah, what what you mean and what you're saying there. And I think it's something that I have, you know, that I still sometimes do as well. Um, it's like a, I guess for me, it's more so um, instead of like a self sabotage, or, or it could be a self sabotage, but it's more of an expectation thing from everybody else. It's, it's. I've gone through phases and I've learned to, you know, sort of overcome these more and more as I progress. But it's like if I'm going into the gym um, and if I'm, you know, really beat down and I've had a a really good, you know, stretch of training and and I'm sore and I'm tired but I'm probably a little bit um, temperamental at the time and, you know, something gets in my way of starting my session when I wanted to start my session, there have been times where, I've been, you know, so temperamental that something gets in my way of starting my session and I can't get it started when I wanted to. And now I'm rushed. Mm-hmm. Like I just walk straight out the gym and be like, go on home, <laughs> you know, and that's like a self-sabotage thing. It's just yeah. like, well, everyone, I, I used to have the idea that everyone wanted me to train and wanted me to do all these things. And, you know, they just expected, expected me to go into the gym and just, you know, beat myself down all the time like it was something that was easy to do every day that I just didn't want to do it just to show them that I didn't have to just because they wanted to right but that's you're rebellious yeah (laughs) yeah and that's the complete you know wrong mindset to have towards it because everyone that you know wants to see me go into the gym and train and and wants to see me go to the game so they can you know have someone to cheer for and and like all these people are my really good friends um they're not in it for the reasons that sometimes you might think that they are. Um, they're, they're, they're 100% backing you just to, you know, have a good time. And, you know, at the end of the day, they don't, they don't care where you place. And my girlfriend says it to me all the time. She's just like, if you went to the games and you gave it your best and you came last, like no one's going to think any less of you otherwise. Like we're all your friends. Like we want to see you do well, but we also want it. Like we have your, your best interests at heart. Like it's, there's just some, there's probably some more internal mental things that you're trying to challenge yourself with that, you know, it's just like, well, today I just want to go and eat bad food and mm-hmm. I'm just going to totally not do what everyone thinks that I should do just because I've always done what everyone thinks I should do. <laughs> you know, it's sort of <laughs> just like, it is a bit of self-sabotage, but yeah, I'm, I'm overcoming that and trying to see, see everything for what it really is at the end of the day. And, and, um, and at the end of the day, I know that, you know, training is, is something that I enjoy. And if, I, if I'm looking at a session and, you know, I'm not so, you know, keen to go out and train, like I have to really just think to myself, but you, you love training. Like why why, why, is, why has something changed or, or what's getting in the way of you enjoying this session? And if there's something there that's getting in the way of you enjoying this session, why don't we fix it? Like why don't we, you know, not, not book in, you know, five, five meetings tonight um, because that's all you can think about during your morning AM session. Maybe that's not the best thing for you. If you want to do well at the games, maybe don't book those book those meetings in, or or maybe don't book something so close to training, or you know maybe pre pre prepare all your meals so you're not thinking to yourself, I can't be bothered eating today. 
you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that you just need to sometimes just simplifying a lot of things just around your, around your, um, your, your priorities um, can always help, you know. It's it's just a, it's just a matter of you know having a good hard think about what's going to be best for you and the people close to you. Yeah. So let's talk about nutrition a little bit. Um, sure. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Like, are you are you really into it? You take perfect care of your nutrition, or are you like just one of those lucky junk food people? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not one of those lucky junk food people. Um, I I don't mind sweet things from time to time, but I'm pretty big on pretty big on having good proper nutrition and and eating very healthy and and you know trying to get as trying to get the best quality food I possibly can. So like nutrition is a is a big part of my life and and I feel like nutri- everything is the basis of nutrition, uh, performance, mental clarity, um, positive mindset, um, everything like that. I think is formed via you know proper nutrition, healthy gut, all that type of stuff. So. Um, my nutrition is, you know, I, I don't eat zone. I don't eat, you know, full on paleo. I don't eat anything in particular. It's more, I like to try and get very, very, very minimal processed foods as, as least processed as I can possibly get them. Um, and I like to eat a broad spectrum of, you know, seasonal fruits and vegetables. And then I do like try and get, you know, lean cut organic where I can, um, you know, meats and fish and things like that as well. So, um, I'm pr- pretty much nothing is off limits, but I wouldn't, for instance, go and, you know, I, I, I don't eat lollies or anything like that. I, 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 if I have chocolate, I have, you know, try and make it at home if we can, or I will, um, you know, get, get some really good quality chocolate or something like that. But it's very, very rare. Um, I love bone broth. I love, um, I love like, um, uh, I love so I love things like that. I love, you know, lots of herbs and lots of, you know, fresh veggies and, and lots of seasonal fruits and things like that as well. But I'm, yeah, all about, you know, making sure I hit enough energy during the day um, and eating in, in the right quantities and then also making sure I'm getting in a stack load of, of micros as well. So mm-hmm. as long how as I can you, get... How do you do that? Like what, what are your guidelines? I mean, you said you... you are you just trying to eat a, a wide variety? Well, I'm usually trying to get a bit over a kilo of of veggies a day. Um, so that's usually a bit of a guideline for me. If I can get around about a kilo or above of vegetables a day, I'm sort of on the right path there. So I'm getting enough fiber, I'm getting enough micronutrients, um, a lot of leafy greens, um, things like that, like broccoli, kale, spinach, um, bok choy. Um, like I'm trying to put them into pretty much every meal of the day. Um, and then and a side note to that is I'm also trying to make sure I get enough energy because I'm usually so busy and I've got all these crazy ideas about all these things that I want to do that sometimes <laughs> get caught up and I get to the end of the day and I like, haven't eaten anything. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was, that was old James. That's not new James. So that's old James. And that's when I was you know, running the gym all by myself and I was trying to train for the regionals and trying to make the games and I had all these different things on the go and I was taking – you know, 30 classes a week at the gym, trying to run the gym, clean the gym, do the accounting for the gym, and then also trying to train as well. So, you know, that wasn't a, that wasn't the healthiest me possible. But um, now it's more about, um, you know, making sure I'm getting in enough food and energy to facilitate the best performance I possibly can. Um, and I really got hooked into nutrition when I first met Kayla, my girlfriend, and she was super big on micronutrients, healthy gut, 
um, super big on, you know, eating, you know, nutrient dense foods that are going to give you, you know, optimal, optimal function, optimal hormonal function, optimal clarity in the mind, you know, hydration and, and, you know, um, getting lots of minerals into the body and replenishing all the things that we're, you know, constantly, constantly churning through every day. Um, and people don't tend to realize, but, you know, if we want to, if we want to perform, you know, to be some of the best athletes in the world, we need to fuel our body with, you know, the best food and the, you know, the best supplements and the best, the best, um, you know, the best building blocks for our body every day. Like if we're putting in, if we're putting in crap, we're going to get crap back. So if, if we, if we can, you know, if we can really fuel that body and energize it to just, you know, to be, you know, glowing all the time, then, you know, for one, you're going to be mentally, mentally more prepared to take things on, but also physically, you're going to sleep better. You're going to train better. You're going to have better relationships. Your, your social, your social life will be better. Everything is just, you know, it just, um, it compiles. So, and I only see good nutrition as something that's going to last me until the day I die. Whereas, you know, competing is only for a very small period, more than likely at, you know, at the top elite level. So I see that as, you know, something that's long-term and I would always prepare for the long-term rather than the short-term gain. I would, you know, if it was an option, if it was an option between, you know, winning the games and, you know, dying early because I've just, you know, winning the games, eating like crap, but it was going to let me win the games and then, you know, die 20 years earlier, I would 100% pass up winning the games if I could eat healthy the whole time and, and live longer and live happier and live, you know, healthier, for sure. Yeah, that is so, so important here. And I love talking to you high-level athletes, athletes like us, I mean, athletes like you. Athletes but, like us, yes. Athletes like us, because it's such a good reminder. I mean, when I was growing up, nutrition, I don't know, we just didn't didn't know as much. I really do believe that. But mm. it never occurred to me that it was, you know, to fuel our body. It just was mm. something we did. And and so coming into nutrition in my 30s and, and later and just it's so important for people to hear because it is all of this that we're doing revolving around the world is about health. And, and totally. it's not about like fitting ourselves into this version that looks X, Y, and Z. I mean, it really is about health. And that's what I think is so great about CrossFit and um, is often misunderstood about it too, but it, it is about health and sustainability and yeah. Oh, to totally. And then the relationship between yourself and food and, and the, the business that my girlfriend runs is the method. And basically what her aim was, was to create a, create a, a, a hub for people to, you know, to, to a hub of coaches for people to be able to learn and educate and be taught good nutrition, um, be taught why it's so important to stay hydrated, why is it so important to have a healthy gut, why is it so important to, you know, get enough energy in, why is it important to, you know, try and upregulate your metabolism so, you know, we're churning through energy in an efficient way um, and learn all these different things about nutrition and then also help educate, um, you know, the wider community on how much more you can be getting out of your everyday life just by having good nutrition and good sleep quality and and you know and you know good self-esteem and and you know the relationship between you and your food and why sometimes you do choose bad options and and what's the process behind that and having someone there for you to bounce off to to say hey 
I did this today. I don't know why I did it. Um, but then to have a coach there that has, you know, has been through it, understands it, can help coach you around it to help, you know, make a better option next time or, you know, to fuel yourself for performance or to fuel yourself for, to be better at work or to get up with energy and not feel fatigued and, and all these types of things. So what she does is, you know, it's just trying to educate everyone on good nutrition because we've, we felt like there's, you know, with CrossFit, there's fantastic education and processes and not just CrossFit, but a lot of other things that are coming out in, in day to day, like triath, like more education on triathlon and running and, and biking and swimming and things that are just active. But also we thought there was a little bit of a gap in the, in nutrition education, you know, that it, it only goes so far at school. And a lot of the things that we learn at school aren't exactly, you know, I don't call them, you know, state of the art. So it's right. more, it's more about, you know, educating everyone on, you know, some people don't know what a healthy meal looks like. You know, they're right. just going they're going off the old school food pyramid and, you know, it's in my in my eyes that's probably not the best way to go. Um, but, you know, having a having a place where you can have a coach that can teach you about good nutrition and, and how, you know, so many people have seen, you know, fantastic results and, and fueled themselves to, you know, winning winning fittest on earth or, you know, uh, uh, creating a creating a body that they, you know, are happy with and creating a mindset that they're happy with and, you know, all these types of food and um, relationships between you and your food and, and it's creating, you know, more positive change. It's about education and we've, we thought there was a bit of a gap there, which is, you know, how it all, you know, got together and we sort of formulated it into what it is now. That's awesome. So are you taking some time off? Are you back into training? What's coming uh, up for next year? Yeah, so I'm back into training now. I've had a bit of time off. I had to get a, a little eye surgery done straight after the games just to take off some some scar tissue that was on my eye from, you know, uh, a lot of surfing, a lot of glare off the water. And so I had to take some, you know, um, time off. It was about three weeks I took completely off and a little bit extra just for some extra, just from extra time to go, you know, get out in the water and go surfing and do a bit of the stuff that I want to do, play some volleyball and, and all those types of things, play some touch footy and things like that and um so i did that but i'm back into training now like i'm you know back into a lot of my days are double days again now but we've just moved house so i'm i'm about 150 meters from the beach and it's absolutely beautiful beautiful weather here in adelaide yeah it's fantastic so i've got i've got a lake on one side which is a 50 meters away i can actually see it from my window right now and on the other side is the beach so i am like i'm spoiled for choice here i can (laughs) you know i can ride my bike like along the coast, I can run along the coast. I can take the boards out um, right here as well, and it's yeah, it's fantastic. So, back into full time training, and um, yeah, just looking at a few competitions that I could probably, you know, aim for potentially next year. I'm, I'm looking at probably trying to visit Cape Town and compete in the Cape Town fittest in Cape Town um, sanctioned event in South Africa. That's probably one that I'm going to try and hit up and and uh, yeah, go go for the win there and um you know i just need to you know knuckle down and and get in some good solid training so i can go into that confident and happy well that's awesome so one more question for you this podcast is called the same 24 hours and it means we all have the exact same 24 hours in our day but it's what we do in those 24 hours that makes our greatest health happiness and success so what is something that you do on a daily basis that makes your best health happiness and success Totally. So one thing, one thing that I try and make sure that is, you know, a constant every day that really kicks my day off is, you know, I have a morning ritual. So something that you can do yourself or you can make up your own, you don't have to use this one. But, 
you know, I like to get up. I like to hydrate first. So I like to get in some water um, and quality water. I usually let some Himalayan salt sit in my water overnight. So when I drink it in the morning, it's, you know, it's charged full of um, diluted minerals. Um, but then I like to have um, a shot in the morning. And so we're actually quite close to Indonesia here. And when we go to Bali, um, which is a regular thing for us because it's so close, um, we get these things called jamu shots. Mm-hmm. And what's in a jamu shot is, you know, some um, some fresh honey, some turmeric, um, some cayenne pepper, um, and I like to add in also a little bit of ginger and um, apple cider vinegar. So I'll have that, and usually that is a really good start for me. If I know I can get up and get a really good, you know, alkaline charged drink first thing in the morning, like that's a good morning ritual for me. Um, and then another thing that I like to do is spend some time doing some um, some uh, focused breathing. So just some nasal only breathing for about five minutes each morning, um, and that usually kicks me off. And you can do it in bed before you even get out of bed. You can you know set your alarm for you know seven a.m. or six thirty a.m. or six a.m. and just sit there and just do big deep inhales through the nose to really get your 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 body oxygenated. Um, get you flowing, and then you get up, you get hydrated, um, and you put back in some minerals that you may have lost overnight and, you know, really resets the stomach to to start doing what it's supposed to do and reset the digestive system. So that's the morning ritual that I think kicks me off to a really good start. And once I've done that, I find that I'm really productive throughout the day because I've already ticked something off the list that's so important to me, which is, you know, healthy nutrition and, and proper breathing practices. That's awesome. I want to, I could talk to you forever. I want to check back in with you before the games. Oh, let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I would happy. love to do that. Oh, totally. We could, oh, we could, I'm sure we could do an, at least another two or three hours at a minimum. Yes. Yes. Well, and I'm sure I'm not going to get away with not coming to the games now that I've taken my daughter once. So, <laughs> well, you're going to be stuck in that for the next, you know, 10 like years until years. she's there, you know, until she's there herself. That's right. And I wouldn't that's put so it cool. past her. She's, oh. she's very self-motivating already. So it's oh, that's be so good. Oh, well, if there's anything I can do to help her out, let me know. <laughs> well, so she has an Instagram. Like, if you oh. want some giggles, her Instagram is called Wads for number four kids. So, Wads what? for kids. Yeah. And she's been putting out her own Wads. And, like, I got oh. her at the local CrossFit gym. So, if you want to go give her I, a high, she would probably love that. <laughs> I will. I will do, honestly, I will do that right now. <laughs> That's awesome, James. Well, I appreciate you so much. And, um, just thanks. This was really great. And, and we'll try and catch up, you know, next season. Oh, it's so cool. I'm, I'm so thankful that you got me on today. I've had a ball. 